Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Hello, hello. I sure can. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Okay, here we are. <laughs> there we go. I am doing okay. all right. How's your day going today? I'm having an okay day. Yeah. I got up early and I lived my life. And here we are. <laughs> over, over here in the uh, the West Coast, I live out in Washington, uh, just above, just above Oregon. Uh, we had a, I teach, we had a snow day last, uh, yesterday and today, and again, tomorrow now it looks like, so. How do we feel about this? You, you know, as a teacher, uh, I feel kind of conflicted. I don't want to go later yeah. in June, but at the same time, it's kind of nice to stay home. So. Oh, yes. I have off this week. I'm also a teacher, um, but the, it's not because of snow. It's because the students are on break. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, very cool. Thank you so much for agreeing to hang out with me today on TPQ20. Uh, we always like to start off by saying we know who you are, but our audience may be new to you. So if you were to give the bio that, you know, Pratt doesn't have, uh, or the Atlantic doesn't have, uh, who would you say you are? If I say what I'm going to say, do we promise no judgment? Oh, there's never any judgment over here. We, uh, we hear everything. We agree with it all. It's all right. Well, that's really good news because what I'm going to say is <laughs> when I have new Twitter followers, I post my um, dating app bio on my Twitter. And I basically just say, I'm a writer. I love to dance salsa. I hate raisins. I will fight a raisin. And uh, we strike at dawn against the raisins. And that's all I have to say about that. All right, <laughs> that so is my we... unofficial official bio. <laughs> Well, that's all right, because I've got to ask. So uh, are you responsible for are you the reason why there are no longer California Raisin commercials or music coming out then? Is this a thing? And if you don't know the California Raisins, oh my. So you should definitely check out the California Raisins. They were a singing sensation in the 90s. Uh, I have early, time. I guess the 80s and 90s. They were Jim Henson, uh, like anim they were uh, like claymation figures. It was awesome. But I got to ask you then, uh, why the hatred of raisins? Because, because they're gross. And they have the audacity to be gross in my presence and I don't like it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sure then, they're really but great. What about, I mean, but what about uh, grapes and wine? I love grapes and wine. Just this iteration of a grape, you know, this version. We all have, we're, we're multiplicitous <laughs> beings. Okay, we have so many different identities, and <laughs> one of the identities of a grape is a raisin, and here we are. <laughs> so I assume you also feel the same way about prunes and dates. I mean, you yeah. know, kind of look the same. You know, I don't, I don't love them. Of, like taste, I. All right, all right. So <laughs> that's that. that. That is what it is. I love that. Same, same, same. So, and then I will ask about your dancing as well. You say salsa dancing. So yes. I always, I always like to know kind of what comes first in the artistic world of, of writers. So did mm. dance come before writing and uh, where does your love of dance come from? I love that question 
because I never thought about this, but dance did come before writing because my my mom, uh, when she was younger, well, she is a salsera. She doesn't dance anymore, but Ooh. she dances salsa. And she also used to be like a professional belly dancer. Cool. And so she would teach me and my brother had a belly dance. And she, we she, so uh, the belly dancing sort of outfit is a bedla. And, uh, and so we have like a coin scarf and she would let us wear the coin scarf, like the, the thing that she means. Um, right. And uh, it would uh, bring me so much joy when it was my turn to wear it. And she taught me how to do that before I started realizing that I love to write. Um, but I have a poem called Lessons in Isolation in, uh, in Kalaloo, the, um, and, um, it's, and it's about my mom belly dancing. So yeah, and her teaching us. I was going to ask where the through line was, but then maybe the question should be uh, in poetry, where do we find the dance? Mm. There's so many places. (laughs) There's so many places to find the dance. Um, For me, I think it's in, in the writing process, you know, that sort of like engagement, that relationship and like in, so in dance, I usually, I'm not a lead. I can lead, you know, um, but I'm usually a really good follow. Okay. And I think that reflects my writing process Ooh. where I, um, I try not to take too much control. I've learned how to let go of trying to really curate what the experience is going to be. And I just allow myself to write, mm. starting with a free write. And then I, and then I follow that. Um, okay. And so, and I follow the music of it. I follow um, where, like, if I need to, you know, maybe tweak the leader and because they're not quite doing it right. Because sometimes they, you know, they need help too. Um, <laughs> I'll switch things up. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it's in my writing process. That's where the dance is for me. Mm, I love that. And obviously we, we talk a lot about process on the show. And, and so with that, uh, with that said, what is your process then from that first draft to final draft? Mm-hmm. How, how do you get there? Are you someone who does need, you know, uh, I always love, uh, we had episodes early on where people talked about needing certain number of candles lit or like drinking certain types of tea. Are you someone who has uh, superstitions that you kind of follow mm-hmm. with uh, during your writing process? Or are you someone who opens up your notes app and wherever you are, whenever you are, uh, goes to work there? Well, when I was at the um, Kalu Creative Writing Kalu Creative Writing Workshop, Babby Francis said that we needed to set the table, right? And so, how I set the table, um, if I was <laughs> so okay, if I was going to write a really hard poem, I would have something after to make sure that I got myself out of that headspace of the of mm. the hard place. So. I love penguins. I'll watch a penguin video or a cute animal video because I'm a grown woman and I can do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> that's that. But for the, so that's the first part of it. Um, to get to the final draft from the first draft, um, it really takes community. Uh, I'm very much, I'm not a writer who is the isolated writer. I'm a writer who thrives in community. Mm. And I'm showing that draft to my readers, you know, um, Chris Greggs, uh, my, my dear friend, 
um, is one of my best readers. Um, my dear heart, Nicholas Nichols, also dear friend, a great reader of my work. It's really important to find those people who know, well, for me, who know what your vision is and who aren't trying to make the poem what they would have it to be, mm. you know, according to their aesthetics, their what have you. Um, so, yes. It's so question then on that last part. So um, what happens if they, I guess, how do you work with their constructive criticism? How uh, mm. is, is the poem kind of once it's on page, do you no longer, you know, do you treat it as it's out there for critique and construction? Mm. Or are you someone who has to sit with someone's criticism for a moment before you're able to kind of uh, separate yourself from your work? What, is, what, what does that look like for me? Well, usually what I do is <laughs> once I write a poem and I'm like, oh, this is a poem, I will immediately send it to as many people as want. They, I was like, as who, who want to read it? Mm. Not for criticism, just because right. I'm excited about the work. And I say, this is a first draft, but, but share in this story with me that I wrote a poem. And I send it to people who would share in that story with me. And so that's one. Two, um, once I feel proud of my first draft, which is to say, I know that I've taken it as far as, like, as I can, as I can see it going, right? Um, that's when I'll send it to Chris or, or Nicholas or Unkosi. Um, or Sammy, I love friendship. Friendship is my favorite thing. Um, and then when I get their feedback, I'll say, I take a second, you know, um, but I trust them. And so it doesn't take me that long, but yeah. Does that make, does that fair, sound fair? It, absolutely, <laughs> it does. And when do you, it, I like I like that idea that you you are willing to kind of share. I love poets who like post those early drafts on Twitter mm -hmm. so you can kind of look through them and see, you know, see what happens. And then especially when that early draft becomes a final draft, uh, becomes published to see the steps between. Um, do you are you someone who takes you had said that you kind of send out that first draft that you're excited you've written this piece. Um, do you ever regret that? Or is it always something that you're, are you always, because it's super vulnerable to send out a first draft of something. So do you ever find that you're like, oh, I, I shouldn't have done that? Or is there, is there, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think I regret it. What is uncomfortable though, I don't know why I, ha I get this, like, it's sometimes it turns into an impulse. Mm. And I think it's an impulse to be seen. Okay. You know, because when I'm, for me, when I'm writing, a part of my writing process is to see myself. Like I wanna see what's happening in, in my mind and my heart, what's, you know? And so when I'm seeing myself, sometimes I'm like, I want other people to see me too. My friends, people who love me, you know? So that's, I'm not just, you know, for me, I won't post their in initial draft because, <laughs> I'm not there yet, <laughs> but, and maybe I won't be. Maybe that's just not what I need. Um, 
but I will send it to people who I know love me um, because I know that they can, they see me in, oh God, this is going to be sound maybe corny. They see me in my rough drafts. <laughs> so, but I, so. no, I don't think that's corny at all. I think that's, oh, I think you. that's super honest. I like that actually, that they see you in, in the rough drafts because it's not a, it's not a finished product yet it's nothing's you know we aren't perfect as people so i think i like that idea that we are kind of a rough draft um well thank you for the affirmation (laughs) absolutely there we go um i i have to ask how cool is it to teach at pratt and uh and what have you what have you found this year to be kind of that that thrill ride what's been your favorite moment so far oh i i really love teaching teaching (laughs) is my favorite thing i love my students um, what has been some really, I think my favorite moments are when, um, when students have an aha moment about a poem. Um, I think about when I, whenever I teach, um, the wild iris, um, and they have the realization that it's a persona poem about, a, it's about a flower, right. you know, and they, they lose their minds. And I love I love being able to bring like the joy of, of poems to students who may or may not appreciate poems, but to see that one student who maybe wasn't with it get a little yes. on the on the poem boat, you know, <laughs> or whatever form of transportation. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it just brings me, I'm trying to think if there's a particular moment that I just, I just love seeing my students think and grapple with, with texts and, um, and get excited about them because I'm excited about them. Well, I think I'm glad to share in that joy. It's, it's, I've taught for the last 20 years and, and I do think there's, there is something really, really special to, uh, I've always used a a daily poem. So we always open with a spoken word poem uh, and I teach seventh grade um, and I taught high school for most of my career, but uh, it's always incredible to see that one student who maybe has told you forever they don't like poetry poetry is you know it's the it's the guy who sits there in the back poetry's for girls and it's like yeah but then you watch them and they have that one smile or like the student i've had i have students occasionally who will stand up and applaud and it's like all right like it that is a it is a really really cool moment it's also a very interesting moment when you get those clunkers though when you get those poems that just don't resonate with students and i i imagine as a teacher you've had those moments too where you look around and you're like i really love this poem <laughs> right <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but this is something that i tell them and i i i don't remember who it was that i that i heard this from i want to give credit where credit is due but i will say it's not my work <laughs> <laughs> um but something that i tell my students is that if you like, okay, I have them raise their hands. Who has ever been overwhelmed by, by a poem? <laughs> or that is just a daunting thing to right. encounter. And they, most of them raise their hands. I was like, me too, right? But um, have you at the same time felt something from that poem? Because if you can feel something from that poem, then that means that you there's something that you understand. Feeling is a kind of interpretation, right? Um, because if you're feeling it, that means that you're connecting to it. And if you're connecting to it, that means that something in you understands something, right? Um, so that, so take heart. 
<laughs> all is not lost well i like that because it's 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 true and it's it only takes one line in one poem for a student to be like oh all right and it's usually the the pieces you know i i love that we that i love that i can teach in such a digital world where you know students can see what the you know who the poet is and sometimes mm -hmm. it helps so they look like them sound like them feel like them mm -hmm. come from the same experience as them mm -hmm. and i think that's it's such an amazing thing to watch a to watch a kid kind of light up and maybe not immediately grab the next poetry book but at least be listening for the poems that they hear oh at the so i also uh, at the same time i'm teaching at pratt i also teach with the 92nd street y i Ooh. teach uh high school cool. and this one student was like having such a hard time grasping and was so frustrated um and i just you know was going around asking oh how's everybody doing over here how's everybody doing over here and the student was like not okay i don't get this poem how am i supposed to do this and so i was like okay let's work to it, through it together and so we went through line by line, interpreting it together line by line. And by the end, he understood that poem. Mm. And he was like flush with, I think, pride. He was so surprised with himself, you know? And I, uh, it was just a moment of, um, I don't know. I wish that we could come to places of being less surprised with ourselves and i wish that we you know because it's just like yeah. i wish that we had like there's so many different reasons why right but like for me at least there are moments when i'm surprised with myself and i remember um ricky um one of my mentors from the 92nd street y told me like i have to stop being surprised right because either i deserve a thing or i'm uh you know i have the capacity to be able to do the thing right you know and at the same time i'm i was delighted in his joy i was also like you are so enough and so capable you know and so i wish that we could like find ways of having students be less surprised with themselves and um but not less surprised um but still impressed see i like, like that i like that a lot and I and I have to ask then, as as you've now uh, you've now you know you're starting your your well you're you're on your way into your your poetry journey here, and you've got uh, you've got a couple you know big deal publications under your belt. So were you surprised with the Atlantic and the Paris Review? I'm gonna tell you something. Here's what it is: is I had a vision for myself from the beginning of my time of wanting to be a poet. I was 16, I said I was gonna be a poet and I just set off to do it and I didn't have a question. And I think of what Octavia Butler said, um, paraphrased, is that she she wanted a thing and assumed she could have it, you know? Um, and so a part of me, I think if I, <laughs> if I hadn't been through so many bad things this year, I would have been surprised. Mm -hmm. And I say that because I was surprised at how bad things could get. And then when enough bad things happened, I stopped being surprised by them. And so now I have capacity to see really good things happen and not be surprised by that either. 
I'm, I'm not many things surprise me anymore because of how really bad things have gotten, you know? And so when it happened, it felt like about time. It's what I envisioned for myself from the start, you know? I love that. That's what, a, I mean, what a beautiful, what a beautiful way to put that. I, I, I like, I really like how that, how you said that. I, I appreciate your response to that. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and as we, as, cause I, I can't think of a better place to kind of leave things as we shift toward the end here. I always like to ask, who are you reading right now that you, that is making you fall in love with words over and over again? And then what can we expect next from you? Oh my gosh. Who I know I see you. So, I always, I, I always love I'm it. I'm looking around my desk. I know I love it because this is obviously just an audio podcast, but I always love watching the writers I talk to search for what's next to them so they can pull what they're actually reading. It's fascinating. I always wish people could see that. It's a wonderful look. Well, okay. I have on my desk. Um, what do I have? I have Greg Pardlow's. Um, uh digest i'm also uh working my way slowly through hell of a book by jason mott um it's a um it won the national book award i believe um recent in recent years um and i'm also reading for the class i'm teaching um parable of the sower um i'm about to get into franny troy's um, the world keeps ending. The world goes on. The it's world keeps ending. Beautiful, beautiful. Yes. Um, and uh, those are there are so many things that I want to read. I have bookcase full of things that oh, I'm like, Daniela, okay. you don't pick up that book and stop <laughs> buying new books. Oh, it's so, unreal. Well, what's coming up for you next then? Oh, I finished my first book. Oh, congratulations! Thank you, and I'm sending it out to publishers um i'm really excited about it can i is it fine to tell you the title how did how does this work do people tell titles before the book comes tell, out you can tell us whatever you would like to tell us and then you know hopefully by the time this uh, this episode drops we can update with like a book release date right yes okay so the title of my book is what we do with god and I'm so excited about it. My friend, my friend Chris Greggs actually came up with it because we were talking about poems. And he was like, you know, Daniela, uh, your poems are really about what we do with God. And I was like, Chris, not to interrupt you, but stop right there. Can I make that the title of my book? And that's exactly how that happened. Awesome. And so, um, so that will be coming out. I am okay, writing the vision, making a plane. It's gonna happen, it's gonna get picked up. Also, I have a poem coming out with Underblog. Um, it's <laughs> so fun fact. Uh, so the my Atlanta poem, The Bug, as lukewarm as it was, a lot of Christians got really mad about it. <laughs> like one person was like, just a bug? These are redeemed creatures of the Lord. And I'm like, people will find anything to get mad about. Anyway, they're gonna be really <laughs> mad when this poem comes out because it's called Praying After Sex is my genre. So, <laughs> so that's that. Love that. I can't think of out in the world. I can't think of a better place to end for today. Thank you so much <laughs> uh, for hanging out on TPQ20 today. I truly look forward to reading what comes next and sending more and more people your direction. Uh, thank you. 
so very much. Thank you. I'm honored. Thank you ah, for having me. Absolutely. You have a great rest of your evening and I will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Poetry Questions TPQ20. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week.